thank you so much for having me this morning. Uh, I continually consider myself so honored to call this church my family. And uh, a couple months ago, God laid on my heart to uh, share a testimony with you and a bit of a message on the topic of forgiveness. And so I talked to Pastor Jesse about that, and he is such a gracious man that he said, oh yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> Anytime you want, just let me know, name a date. And I don't know, I just so appreciate Pastor Jesse and his yeah. encouraging heart. And, I just love him so dearly, so thank you, Jesse. Let's open in a word of prayer before I share what God has laid on my heart. So, Father God, Lord, uh, come to you this morning, and I thank you for the way that you work in our lives. I thank you for the things that you bring us through and the testimonies that we have as a result, God. I pray that as I share my heart today, God, that your Holy Spirit would touch the lives here and that your words would be my words, God. I praise your name, Jesus. I thank you for the testimonies that we're going to be hearing from those getting baptized as well. And also just pray that uh, you would speak right through those, every single person as well this morning, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I, uh, I know oftentimes when we're going through challenges and through struggles, we think, why has this happened to me? Why me, God? Why is this going on? And the thing is that I know in my heart and with all that I believe that God brings us through challenges and the things that he brings us through are the things that are parts of our life story that we can use to encourage others if, if life was just easy all the time there wouldn't be much of a testimony to say other than that I guess life is really great all the time which I guess in his own way is a testimony but it's when God brings us through challenges and lifts us up from the darkness and the depths that we can truly say that God carried us, and we can use that testimony to touch others' lives. So the story that I want to share with you of my story is from when I was a young girl. So from the time I was basically born until I was around nine years old, I was pretty much happy, healthy, normal, very happy kid. Um, I twisted my ankles a whole bunch. I ran and I skipped and I jumped and all that stuff. So I had a pretty thick... Um, file of the walk-in clinic from those types of things, but that was just me being clumsy. Uh, nothing more than that. I actually had a, a near photographic memory when I was in school. I'd look at a spelling list once, go get the test, and I got like 100% every single time. And my brother hated it because he would study like his brains out, and then he would never get 100%. So that was kind of what my life was like up until age nine. When I went to a summer camp for a week um, when I was nine years old. I had an experience where I got kicked in the temple by someone doing a front flip off of their bunk bed. It was the first morning of camp, and I was just walking out the door to go to the uh, lunch or the breakfast hall, and girls, kind of deciding to have fun, leaning over her bunk bed, does a front flip, tumbles over, whack, right in the temple. And it was a weird situation because they took me to the nurse at the, at the camp, but never actually got me any other medical attention. Um, I was never knocked unconscious, so I guess they just figured I was okay. Um, and what happened was that from that moment on, I had really bad headaches and I couldn't participate in the rest of camp. They had a weird thing as well where lots of people that day, that week or that year, at the camp had been calling home and leaving the camp because of homesickness. So the week that I was there, they instilled a no phone home rule. So I wasn't able to phone home to tell my parents what had happened. So basically for that week of camp, I was um, 
basically laid in the cabin all week. I'd go out to eat, and at night I would go and lay in the lake just because it kind of soothed my headache. But that was kind of what happened. And as a nine-year-old, I knew I wanted to get help, but I didn't really know what to do because the adults around weren't getting me any further help. So my parents picked me up uh, at the end of camp, found out what had happened, and I can only imagine that they weren't very impressed. Um, I don't remember that part too well, but uh, they took me to get to see a doctor after that, but the injury had already happened a week before, so they had said, well, if there's any sort of concussion, which they figured there probably had been, um, it was too late to do anything by that point. I went to doctors for my eyes, and I had, I think I had near blurred vision, if I remember correctly, and so they were testing my eyes for, like, far nearsightedness is when you can't see far. They were testing me for nearsightedness, and I could see just fine, so they're like, oh, well, nothing's wrong with you, and basically I was told by a number of doctors that everything that I was saying was completely made up, and I was just looking for attention, and that near photographic memory that I had previously had was definitely gone out the window. So that was kind of the direct results of the head injury. Uh, for the next three years, I essentially had a headache, like a three-year-long headache. Um, I had blurred vision, double vision, things like that. And after about three years, I was able to kind of recover from the direct effects of the head injury. As soon as I got over that, I developed a sleeping disorder, which lasted for about a year and a half, where I could only get two and a half to three hours of sleep per night. After about a year and a half, I got over that, and then the next thing came on. And then the headaches returned, I was in high school, and it just seemed like one thing after the other, for about 10 years, I just tumbled. And I just never had any relief, maybe for like a week at a time, and immediately something else would develop. And I remember in high school, I was a trombone player, and I've, I have pictures of myself with a big like earmuff, like uh, ear protection on and sunglasses, so I could actually play in, play in band class with the headaches that I had, which were both light and sound sensitive. And uh, I mean, looking back, I look pretty silly. So <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, that was kind of what I had to deal with. And I remember that my band teacher, who I recently was in, in contact with, was like, yeah, I remember you, like nothing, never at any point in time can I remember you without a problem. If it wasn't your head, I had a shoulder problems where I, couldn't, I could barely hold my trombone up because of shoulder pain. At one point, a, a sign kind of fell and crushed my hand, all sorts of different stuff. So as a teenager, I was looking at this and I was wondering, what is going on? It seems like I'm just plagued by all of these things. And no matter what I do, I just, I can't just be healthy and free. And the turning point actually happened when I was about 19 years old. I took a year off between high school and college. And my mom asked me a really important question. And I didn't, she didn't know how important it was at the time. I didn't know how important it was. And in fact, it was, it's right up there with when my husband Troy asked me to marry him. In fact, if my mom hadn't asked me this question, I probably wouldn't be who I am, and who knows, maybe he wouldn't have asked me to marry him. It's possible. So the question she asked me was, she, well, first of all, she told me that, she asked me if I realized ever that it seemed like I got over one trouble and another began. And I think I told my mom in a sarcastic, like, sure, mom, yeah, I've never noticed that before. 
and of course I had. So she said that she thought back over my life and realized that all of these issues began with that head injury when I was nine years old. And sure enough, when I thought about it, I realized the same thing. And then she asked me if I'd ever forgiven the people at that camp where I had the head injury. And that question, it hit me like a ton of bricks right in the gut because I realized that for 10 years, which is more than half of my life at that point, I had been holding that bitterness in my heart. That I'd never forgiven the girl who kicked me, the camp itself, the counselors, the, the nurse who wouldn't let me get further medical attention, the doctors later on. There's just a whole list of people that I realized that if, if any of those people got brought up, I would just cringe. And that I was just so bitter towards that whole thing. And it just absolutely broke me. Because I, I truly didn't even know who I was at that point without that bitterness and without that anger. And however, it had been so much a part of me that I didn't even know that it was there until it was pointed out to me. And basically, I just confessed right away. I, I asked God to forgive me for my unforgiveness. And I forgave every single person that I could think of. I kind of... I actually thought about driving out to the camp to go there and just really lay things to rest, but I wasn't able to. So I just kind of think I remember sitting in my room and I just kind of replayed the whole situation in my head and relived it in a way. And as every single thing came up, I just forgave the person and I laid it at the, at the cross of Christ. And basically for the first time I could remember since I was around nine years old, I had a freedom greater than anything I remembered. It was amazing. Um, and again, it was something that was so different, but I didn't even know that I was missing it before. And I believe that that's so often the case with many things in Christ, but also with forgiveness, is that we don't even know that we're bitter until it gets pointed out, whether it be by the Holy Spirit, whether it be by our own looking back and thinking over our lives, whether it be someone else pointing it out to us. And the amazing thing is that since that day, I've never had a single health issue. Um, no headaches, none of that, other than just like your typical cold, things like that. But that was absolutely a turning point in my health. And I want to share some research and some studies that I've done on why that could be. Why is it that when we don't forgive, it can affect our health? So there's a scripture that I want to to share with is, which is Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to another. Forgive each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And this, all of these things that we hold in unforgiveness just weigh us down. And when we, when we leave them, we're so free. So I'm going to be sharing uh, a couple studies. So as I was preparing for this message, I actually was doing some studies um, from scientific websites, uh, medical things, and it was incredible the things that I found. Uh, there's so much, so many studies have been done on forgiveness lately, lately and how they apply to, our, how it applies to our bodies and how unforgiveness and forgiveness both affect us. And these are not uh, what one would, would consider to be Christian studies. Um, but the amazing thing is that they totally back God's word. So this is a study, um, oh, one other thing, there's actually a new type of therapy out called forgiveness therapy, where you can go 
and basically work through forgiveness to, as a form of therapy, which is pretty amazing. So there's a study that was done by a woman named Charlotte Van Oyen Whitgett, if I pronounced that correctly. Whitgett? Whitgett. Thank you very much, Marina. A, psych a psychologist at Hope College, and she asked people to think about someone who had hurt, mistreated, or offended them. While they thought about this person and the past offense, she monitored the blood pressure, heart rate, facial muscle tension, sweat gland activity. To ruminate on an old transgression is to practice unforgiveness. Sure enough, when people recall the grudge, their physical re responses soared. Their blood pressure and heart rate increased, they sweated more. It made them feel angry, sad, anxious, and less in control. She also asked her subjects to try to empathize with their offenders or imagine forgiving them. When they practiced forgiveness, their physical responses coasted downwards. They showed no more of a stress reaction than just normal wakefulness procedures. And that's actually, I find that just absolutely incredible, but at the same time, I think it makes complete sense. According to a recent review of the literature on forgiveness and health, recently published, unforgiveness might compromise the immune system at many levels. For instance, our review suggests that unforgiveness might throw off reproduction or the production of important hormones, disrupt the way our cells fight, fight off infections, bacteria, and other physical insults such as mild periodontal disease. Staying angry, resentful, and vengeful comes at a price. All these feelings can have a detrimental impact on your physical, emotional health, as well as your relationships. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol and sleep, reducing pain, blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. I find that absolutely incredible. And I absolutely love it when God um, tells us something in the Bible and through his word thousands of years ago, and the medicine comes and backs it up. I just find that so amazing. In contrast, what happens, sorry, in contrast to what happens when we are bitter and we don't forgive, what happens when we do forgive? On a spiritual level, what I believe happens is this, when we forgive. We release the weight of the wrong that was done against us and we hand it over to Christ. When we don't forgive, we hold that very personally. We hold it deep in our heart and our body internalizes that as well. It develops chains of bitterness and those chains just weigh us down. We may dwell on the wrong. We may wonder, what would I be like if this hadn't happened to me? You may imagine plotting revenge against the person who had harmed you, any of these things, and all of those just cause your body to suffer negative effects as well as your spirit and your whole being. Um, if instead we wonder, why is this happening to me? Why did God allow this? We say, what can God use this for? What can God take me through? It's just so much more productive. And once again, for 10 years of my life, without even realizing it, I was asking those why questions. Why me? Why is this happening? And I know that God used those circumstances to help me become the person that I am today. And through that, the testimony that I have forgiveness, I hope will touch, touch your lives. All of these things that we do when we don't forgive, um, we're holding on to things that we should be trusting the author of creation with instead. And I had a somewhat of a bit of a revelation as I was preparing for this sermon about forgiveness, and that is that we know 
that God died for our sins, that Christ came to earth to die for our sins. We know that through and through. The fact is Christ took every single sin at the cross. That means the sins of you. And that also means the sins of those who sinned against you. And I think sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we think that, well, I can be forgiven, but the person who did that horrible thing to me, I don't think they deserve to be forgiven because they really hurt me. And the thing is that God forgave them. He died as much for them as he died for you, and he died to forgive you, to forgive them, and he also died to heal you of the pain that you suffered. The thing is that when we refuse to forgive, it's as though we're saying that the price Christ paid on the cross is not enough, is not sufficient to wipe away that person's sin. And it's not sufficient to heal the hurt that you experienced as a result of that pain. I imagine it like this. So forgiveness is how God structured it to be. So through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, we receive the forgiveness of God. And because of that, we are also able to forgive the enemy who is on the same level of us, while Jesus also forgives them that sin. That is basically a representation of the freedom of forgiveness. Here with unforgiveness, when you say, you know what, I refuse to forgive my enemy, you're in a way putting yourself above that enemy, and as a result, above God and above Jesus as well, and you can't actually receive the forgiveness that God has for you. And that was kind of a bit of a new revelation to me in the way that I kind of viewed that. And I've often wondered, like, well, why is it that? Sure, I don't forgive someone. Why can't God forgive me? And that just made perfect sense to me for one of the first times. Similarly, we have a cartoon here. And there's a little girl. She says, I've had it with my brother. I'm building a wall to keep him out. And the dad says, but daughter, you put me on the other side of that wall too. And that is not the way that God designed us to live. In fact, this type of thinking is a lie of the enemy. Just as Christ has the power to wash your sins white as snow, he has the power to wash the sins of those who have hurt you, as well as to heal your pain. I want you to take a moment just to let that sink in. Allow that to seep into your life, into any bitterness, any bitter root, any unforgiveness that you may have been holding on to. no matter what we do, God is waiting with open arms to forgive us, to forgive those who've hurt us, and he's also just waiting for us to forgive as well. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Those are such words of truth. And when you think about unforgiveness versus forgiveness, unforgiveness relives hurt and pain. It just dwells on it. Whereas forgiveness releases that hurt and pain and it says, you know what, God, you've got this. I trust you. I trust you to heal me. I trust you to forgive. Unforgiveness harbors grudges, whereas forgiveness lets go of resentment. Unforgiveness relies on ourselves, while forgiveness relies on God. Forgiveness, unforgiveness seeks revenge, while forgiveness offers grace. 
And unforgiveness weighs us down while forgiveness sets us free. Hebrews 12, verses 14 15 reads, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. The fact is that unforgiveness actually hurts us the most, the one who is unforgiving. Quite often we'll hold on to a grudge, we'll hold on to our anger as almost like a way to get back at that other person. In my story, I'm pretty sure that those other people who I wasn't forgiving were not in any way affected by, by my unforgiveness. They probably wouldn't even know who I was. They had no idea how my life had been affected. In fact, I mean, they might remember, maybe one day I kicked a girl at camp. I don't know, they, might, they may not even remember that. But my unforgiveness certainly did not affect them. But my life was totally changed as a result. So I've got another cartoon here for you. So we've got, I don't know whether that's a pig or a goat. <laughs> ah, it's a pig apparently. Okay, pig with horns. So the pig says, what are you doing, rat? And the rat says, pig took me off this morning, so I'm holding a grudge to get him back. You look in the background. Oh, there's pig. That's pig. Pig is whistling, carrying balloons, skipping along. He's happy as a lark. And the goat, I'm going to say that's a goat. The goat says, wow, you're really affecting him. Well, Mr. Rat says, ha ha, take that, stupid thing. So clearly, Mr. Rat is terribly affected. He's angry, he's tense, he's bitter, he's angry. And Mr. Pig in the background, he could care less about, he probably doesn't even know, that's the thing. It's not that the person doesn't even care that they hurt you, often they don't even know. So God created us to forgive and to also address those issues rather than dwelling on them. Yeah. Read that text that I began with again. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Forgiveness is the way that God designed us to operate and to live with, another, with one another. And through that, we have better relationships, we have freedom, we have better health. Two more quotes I want to finish off with. Um, Stormy Omardian and Corrie Ten Boom are two ladies who, if anyone had a reason to be bitter and to hold grudges and to be resentful, it's them. Stormy Omardian says, forgiveness doesn't make the other person right, it makes you free. And Corey Ten Boom said, Forgiveness is the key which unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Some of us might have a habit of forming grudges. Something happens to us immediately, we just want to hang on to it, we don't want to let it go. Others may forgive what we are aware of, but might still have things that we're not aware of deep in our hearts, things that happened a long time ago, or things that when they happen to us, we're like, yeah, that's not that big a deal, but deep down, it really did hurt us. And as we pray and sing our last song after we hear the other testimonies, I just want to encourage you to search your hearts and see, is there any root of bitterness, of unforgiveness in your heart? And personally, I'd be surprised if there's anyone here who doesn't. I know, guaranteed, if when I search my heart, I'll find things that I may not have forgiven for or that I've 
sometimes even you forgive someone and then it comes back and you realize, oh, I need to forgive again and I need to really hand that over. And the thing is that God says to, com to forgive completely. And that means completely trusting it to him. And if you find that you say the words, I forgive you, but you still have bitterness in your heart, then just hand that more fully over to God. He can reveal any bitter root, anything that may be affecting you. We have an amazing prayer team as well who just loves to pray with those who would like it. And they stand over there and as, as we conclude at the end of the service, I just really encourage you to uh, just to search your heart and to ask God to reveal anything in the area of unforgiveness that may be holding you back. I'm just going to say a word of prayer to conclude before we have the other uh, testimonies. So Father God, Lord, I thank you that you set your son Christ, Jesus Christ, as a way to bridge from us to you so that we can have forgiveness, Jesus. I pray that we would take that grace that we've received and that we would openly share it with those around us, that we would not hold bitterness in our hearts and that we would instead surrender that completely over to you. Pray that you would show us your will and your way, God, that you would show us if any of us have any bitterness in our heart and that we would hand that over to you, God, that you would reveal it to us. And I thank you for the way that you work in our lives, God, that you can take something very painful, God, and make it into something beautiful because you led us through it, Jesus. Thank you for the way that you've worked in my life, God, that I know that when challenges come, you are with me. And that is the same for everyone here, God. I pray that we would always remember that and that we would turn to you rather than getting bitter, rather than getting upset, but that we would look to how you can use that circumstance to both bless us and those around us. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>